I feel very, very humble by the words and introduction of your pastor, Jeremiah, because um, we know his beautiful family for many years. We have, as a family, served with World Witness since 2003. First missionaries in Mexico, then here in the United States, leading the short-term mission ministry. And during that time is when we had the blessing and the privilege to work with Jeremiah and Rebecca. Actually, Rebecca was our intern. So we went to Wales, Spain. We took short-term mission trips from Erskine College to Mexico several times. So as I said before, I'm very humbled for your words, Reverend Jeremiah, because it's a true friendship that we treasure in our heart. So again, thank you to the pastor, to the leadership of this church for allowing my family to come here this morning and share the missionary update, as, I, as you just heard. We believe there are millions of God's elect in Spain. So please, please pray. Pray with us, pray for our family as we are planting a missional and multicultural church among the young professional families in Madrid, Spain. Let's go to the Word of God. If you have your Bible, I hope you do. Let's open our Bibles and James chapter 1. And I'm going to read the first five verses. James chapter 1, verses 1 through 5. James, a servant of God, and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the twelve tribes scattered among the nations. Greetings. Verse 2. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Verse 5. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault and it will be given to you. Amen. How do you respond when things are not going well with the people at work? In a school, family, or people at the grocery store? Especially nowadays with these big lines outside waiting with a mask. Your initial reaction during these times reflects who you are. The true character 
of a person is seen when things are not well. Late night phone calls, grouchy teachers, <laughs> especially nowadays, you put your kid in Zoom. <laughs> Burnt meals, flat tires. You have to be kidding. Deadlines. They aren't big enough to be crisis, but if you get enough of them, watch out. Traffic jams, long lines, empty mailboxes, dirty clothes on the floor, and you know. What about also when someone in your family had an accident? What about when someone that you love just pass away? Trials, difficult times are real. And I pray that this morning, all of us, by studying the Word of God, we will see how important they are in our lives. But I also pray that we will see that prayers, I mean trials, are also another way that God wants to use so we can proclaim who Jesus is. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for this wonderful opportunity that you give me to share your word, to preach your word, to teach your word this morning. I'm so humble before you because you give me this privilege and I want to be faithful in the preaching of your word. But I also pray for my brothers and sisters that are here that you will open our spiritual eyes, that you will open our hearts because we want to experience your presence. We want to See how beautiful you are as we study the Word of God together. I ask you, Father, that you will bring peace where there is need of peace. I ask you that you will bring joy where there is need of joy. You know every heart that is present in this beautiful place. So I trust that you will speak to us once again. So as we leave from your house, all of us will say, we have heard the word of the Lord. And we pray in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Okay, five Bible verses, right? So what I'm planning to do is, first of all, we're going to look verse 1 and 2, our attitude towards trials. And in this first part, we are going to see the reality of trials. Two, we are going to see joy, the way to respond to trials. And three, we are going to see trials come without warning. So that's the first part. The second part, verses three and four, we are going to see the purpose of trials. And in this part, the second part, we are going to see that trials are part of God's plan. First, 
Number two, we are going to see our maturity, the goal of trials. And finally, in this part, we are going to see an introduction of sharing Christ's love through trials. And in the third part, verse 5, we are going to see God wants to help us in the midst of trials. And in this third part, we are going to see again three things. That we have to be open to learning from trials. Two, God offers us his wisdom in the midst of trials. And I'm going to finish also with trials are one of God's ways to share his love. So, before we begin. You heard the word trials, and many times there are, there, there's confusion when you heard the word trials. So first of all, what trials are not, okay? Trials are not, number one, a punishment. Because many, many people think trials are a punishment. And let me give you a clear example. We were coming from Mount Clarken to Columbia, I-26, right? What about if... You see the sign, 65, 70, you know. What about, what about if I start driving 120? What is going to happen? A police will come, right? Stop me, give me a ticket. So you see, a punishment comes when we break the laws of men, but also the laws of God. Let me give you another example, Jonah. Jonah 1 3 says, but Jonah rose to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. He went down to Joppa and found the ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare and went down into it to go with them to Tarshish, away from the presence of the Lord. Where Jonah ended? Inside what? The belly of the fish. Is that right? So trials, number one, number, are not a punishment. And we have to understand that. Number two, trials are not a temptation. Because the Bible is very clear. In James chapter 1, verse 14, it says, But each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desire. So trials are not a punishment, and trials are not a temptation. Trials are a period of extra adversity that come to God's children with the purpose of developing excellent qualities in us. In other, wor in other words, trials are divine appointments to help us grow so we can become like Jesus. We have to remember that that is God's goal for you and me as a child of God. That's God's goal so we can become like Jesus. So trials are divine appointments to help us to grow. In other words, God come and meet you and me in the midst of trials. So we can become like Jesus. So, if you have your Bibles open, please now look verse 1. We are going to take a look 
verse by verse. Verse 1 says, James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the twelve tribe, tribes scattered among the nations. Greetings. And I want to make here an emphasis in the word servant. Why? Because this word comes from the Greek doulos, which means slave. In other words, brothers and sisters, James considered himself a slave of the Lord Jesus Christ and God. Now, this is beautiful because, you know, his introduction to me is so humble because he is the brother of Jesus. But he is not introducing himself with a, with a very proud attitude. He introduced himself with a humble heart. And he said, James, a slave of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ. And another beautiful thing we have we seen in this first Bible verse, verse 1, is that he puts in the same level to who? God the Father and God the Son. You know, nowadays... The Jehovah Witness and other false sects, they deny that Jesus Christ is God. But the Bible here, this is only one part where we see that James put in the same level. He considered himself a slave, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ. Another beautiful thing here is also the complete name of Jesus, Jesus Christ. Because nowadays, this is very sad, when you turn on your TV and watch a movie, it breaks my heart to see the name of Jesus being misused. But we as Christians know that the name of Jesus has power. But nowadays, those that don't love the Lord, those that don't love Jesus, they use the name of Jesus for other things. But we as Christians have to remember that there is power in the name of Jesus. So James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the twelve tribes scattered among the nations. Greetings. Another beautiful thing here in this first verse is that give us the context to whom James was writing this epistle. It says that these were Jewish, 12 tribes, right? But they were Jewish that have professed faith in Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. And because of that, what is happening? Here is the context. Scattered among nations. In other words, what was happening here is because they were Jewish and then they professed faith in Jesus Christ. And what happened? Because of that, they were being rejected. Nowadays in, this, in Mexico, in the south part of Mexico, if you are Roman Catholic and if you become an evangelical, you know what happened? 
They will expel you. They will kick you out from the town. In other countries where the Muslims are, if you are a Muslim and then you become a Christian and evangelical, what happened? The families won't even say your name anymore. So being a Jewish, but also professing faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, this is the context, because they were being scattered among the nations. So this is the context, this is the audience, people going through difficult times, people going through trials, people going through suffering. So when James, inspired by the Holy Spirit, is writing, he's thinking about this group. And I don't know, dear brothers and sisters, how you arrived this morning to this congregation. But God knows, maybe you are going through difficult times this week. Maybe this whole month was a mess. God knows, and he brought you here so he can, through his word, Teach you that trials has, that trials has a purpose in our lives. Now, verse 2. Consider it, James 1, verse 2. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. Now, one word that I want to emphasize here is the word Joy. Because this word gives us the idea that this is not something from outside to inside. One of the fruits of the Spirit is what? Joy. So he said here, consider it pure joy. Joy gives us the idea that what God asks us, ask of us before the trials is not only an external sentiment or extreme appearance. It's like two planes are flying, one on this side and the other, maybe American Airlines united on this side. The pilot of American Airlines is having a heart attack and they had to tell all the people in the plane. But these two planes can see each other. One is here and the other here, they can just far away through the window. So the people inside American Airlines, knowing that the pilot had a heart attack, they are like, what is going to happen with us? Are we going to die? You know? But the people from United are looking to the other plane, and they see that the plane is still, you know, flying. It seems that nothing is happening. Because they are looking the plane from outside. They are not looking the plane inside. And you know what? Many of us come to church sometimes with that, external appearance. We smile outside, but inside, we are going through so many, many hard situations. Maybe in our health, maybe in our family, maybe fears, the coronavirus. And that's why we come here. But again, the Word of God says that in the midst, in the middle of trial, trials, what we should do? Consider it pure joy. My brothers and sisters, 
whenever you face trials of many kinds. Now, I want to make another emphasis here in the, word, in the two words, many kinds, because in Greek, there's only one word, poikilos. You know what that means? What, what that means? That means that gives us the idea of various colors, different colors. In other words, there are trials or there will be trials in our life of different colors. Let me give you an example. A trial of color red. Maybe someone in your family is sick. Nowadays, she or he is in the hospital. A trial of color black. Maybe someone that you love just passed away. A trial of color green. Maybe something in the school is not going well with your kids or with your friends. So here it says, again, consider a pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds of different colors. In other words, now, trials come without a warning. A couple years ago, my mom passed away. Very young lady. I was in Madrid. My dad called me. Your mom just passed away. You need to come to Ecuador. I took the first plane. And he told me, you are the pastor, so as soon as you arrive to Ecuador, you will be leading the funeral because you're the pastor in the family. And my dad is an atheist. My dad is not a Christian yet. So I said, yes, sir. But in the plane, I was praying for wisdom. I was praying for peace. So once I arrived to Ecuador, I had to lead the funeral. And all the people there, after they seen me preaching and seeing my face, because you have to understand that a lot of people in Ecuador are Roman Catholics, and many of them, they don't profess faith in Jesus Christ, so they don't have hope about eternal life. So I had 300 people in my mom's funeral sharing the good news with them so they can have also hope. So they see my face, they see how I react, and many of them come to me and said, you're very strong, Juan Carlos. I said, no. God has given me a peace that passes all understanding. And this is why. I'm doing this. Trials come without warning. And you might remember a beautiful story in Luke chapter 10, verse 30. Jesus said a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he was attacked by robbers. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. What happened in this story? Do you think? The man that was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho, he was expecting that the attackers will come? No. Trials happen in the same way. When you are not expecting, trials will come to your life. And verse 3 says, Because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Now, this word, because you know, ginosko, means that knowing that there is a purpose of God in the midst of trial. Now, trials, what would be the purpose of God? 
Because you know, number one, that you are going through that trial according to God's plan. Number two, that you are under His care. Number three, that you are in His school. And number four, for the amount of time that He decides. Who's in control? God. And we have to remember this. He's sovereign. He's in control. Proverbs 19.21 says, Many are the plans in the mind of a man, but it is the purpose of the Lord that will stand. Deuteronomy 31.6 says, Be strong and courageous, because we know that God's in control, but He's also willing and eager to sharing and showing you and me His unfailing love. In the midst of trials. So be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. For the Lord your God goes with you. And listen and take this to your heart. If you are going through difficult times nowadays. Because it says he will never leave you nor forsake you. This is not, these are not my words. This is God's word to you and me. He said I will never leave you nor forsake you. Amen. He's with you. No matter how hard the situation is in your life. No matter what you're going through nowadays in the school and college. Parents. And the work. I don't know. Any, any, any. God knows. But He's with you. So, because you know these four things. That the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Now, the word perseverance here gives us the idea of a person who decided to remain in the middle of the trial because he knows that the result of remaining in the trial will benefit him or her with personal growth and spiritual maturity. It's like when it's raining, right? What do we do? All the way, when we were driving, it was pouring out, raining. But if we would be here outside of this building, if it's raining, what do we do? We run inside of the building, right? Because we don't want to get wet. The same happened with trials. As soon as the trials arrive to our life, difficult times, what we want to do? Run away. God, I don't want to be in this trial. God, I don't want this to happen to me. Why this is this happening to me? Right? But if we understand that trials are God's divine appointments to us, we will see trials in a different way. That's why I love James. Because he knows a lot of theology, but he tried to put us in a practical way. That's why practical theology is also important. Because he wants to teach us in a way that we understand. Right? So perseverance. In verse 4, let the perseverance finish its work so that you might be mature and complete, not lacking Anything. Mature. This is the word that explains to us the goal of God for our lives. That we grow so that we can become like Jesus. So, this is what God wants us to do. To grow. Because you know what happened? When we are facing trials, 
and the way that God wants us to face trials. You know what is going to happen? Your neighbors, those that don't know Christ yet, people that don't have hope, they will see the hope in you because this world cannot provide hope to them. This world cannot provide peace to them. But once they see that in the body of Christ, once they see that in us, hope, peace, because we're going through this difficult time, but instead of complaining and instead of wanting to leave the trial, we said, God, I want to learn whatever you want to teach me. You know what is going to happen with your neighbors, with those that don't know Christ? That's why the title of this message is Sharing Christ's Love Through Trials, because people will see the difference in you. And people will be attracted. And people will ask questions. And they will say, I want to have what you have. I know that you, friend or brother, just passed away, but I see that you have hope. I see that you have peace. Can I ask you, how can I have it too? In verse 5, if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. What do we do in the midst of trials where we don't know what to do? And instead of asking why, 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 what do we need to do? We need to go to our knees and stop asking why and just say, God, what is the purpose? What do you want? What do you want to teach me? And you know what? God said, if you lack wisdom in this context of trials, what you should do? Ask for it. He said, he's not like an angry teacher that time after time you ask the same question and says, hey, stop it. No. He's a loving father that no matter how many times we go to our father, he said, if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives what? Once in a while? What it says here? Generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to us. Brothers and sisters, the way we respond to trials is crucial. This is why I believe, because of the context of going through trials in James, First Peter, if you read First Peter, the context is the same. And there's a beautiful passage in 1 Peter 3, 13, 15, that I will finish with this. It says, Now who is there to harm you if you are jealous, zealous for what is good? But even if you should suffer for righteousness' sake, you will be blessed. Have no fear of them, nor be troubled. And verse 15, 1 Peter 3, verse 15. But then your hearts honor Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for the reason for the hope that is in you. Yet, do it with gentleness and respect. But then your hearts honor Christ. What does it mean that? This is related to our conduct, the way we act. So if we act with peace, with hope in the middle of trial, what is going to happen? You are going to be prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for the reason for the hope that is in you. This is how we can share Christ's love through trials. 
And I pray, brothers and sisters, that God will use the difficult times that you are going through so you can become more like Christ. And as, as you're growing, maturing in your faith, a natural way of sharing Christ's love with your neighbors, with friends that are not Christians yet, will be fleshing out hope, peace in the midst of trials. Amen? Let's pray together. Father, thank you. I know it is hard to say, but thank you for trials. Thank you for difficult times, because through those difficult times, through those trials, you want to meet us there. And you have promised to be with us in the middle of the trials that we're going through. So thank you so much for your presence and the difficult times that we are going through. And I want to pray specifically for this beautiful congregation, men and women that love you, and you know them very well. They're not only your creation, they are your children. So I pray, Heavenly Father, that you will come down and meet them through your spirit, through your word. So as they are going through those difficult times in life, especially nowadays, fear, anxiety, that you will meet us, Father. And you will teach us that that's the best way that we can grow and become more like Jesus. And I pray for co-workers, friends, family members that are not Christians yet, that as they see how we flesh out the gospel, as we show peace, as we show hope, as we show joy, that they will see something different in us, and that will move them to ask questions of who you are. And I pray in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen.